Hello, before we jump into our newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast, we want to make an announcement. We'll be offering again our private group coaching program, Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening, starting December 26th of this year until April 3rd, 2023. This is the 10th time we're going to offer this program and we've extended it to 14 weeks. It used to be 12 weeks. Many people have emailed us asking when we'll offer it again. So here you go. You can learn more about it at thattimeoftransition.com. This 14-week program is an in-depth program in psychological and spiritual self-work, combining what we call inner and outer work. This program is distinctly different from traditional self-help programs since we go way beyond personality development, really want to point that out. We'll cover occult topics, speak about the matrix control system, share esoteric teachings, as well as help you become a master of deep and lasting psycho-spiritual tools you need to stay in alignment during this time of transition. Some of the areas we dive into are shadow work, somatic trauma work, embodiment practices, occult forces and psychic attacks, spiritual warrior training, evolutionary astrology, reality creation, accessing the higher mind, and much, much more. This program is limited to 35 people, and it is by application only. Again, you can learn more about it and apply at thetimeoftransition.com. everyone. Welcome to the newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. And in this episode, we are going to learn how to do shadow work on social media. So is social media draining for you lately? You're not alone. Do you find yourself feeling worse about yourself or just in general after you use it? Maybe you find yourself comparing yourself to others on social media and then not feeling so good about yourself. Or maybe you just find yourself hating on people on social media and that doesn't feel good in general. Well, if you said yes to any of those questions or if you in general seem to have struggles with using social media lately, we just want to say there's nothing wrong with you and we totally get it and we struggle with it too. Which is why in this podcast, we're going to talk about how to use social media for inner work, specifically shadow work, so you can actually feel good about using it and even feel better about yourself uh, when using it and maybe find out stuff about yourself that you didn't even realize when using it. And so you're going to learn how to use social media consciously and not have it use you. Yes. Speaking of social media as well, um, Laura and I were constantly being shadow banned as well on various, you're like heavily shadow banned on Instagram, by the way, even though you have a pretty good reach, um, you know, TikTok as well. And me definitely, I'm completely shadow banned on, uh, talking about a shadow, shadow banned on Facebook and whatnot, been in Facebook jail many times, because these are times we're in, right? We're in an information warfare. So we're still trying to connect, share information, but uh, you know, you're being, you know, canceled if you speak about certain things, even on this podcast, hence we have the second hour as well. But on that note, I just recently started a video series on my YouTube channel where I talk about, you know, bigger picture aspects, deeper topics, which I usually just share on my um, website on my articles. So I made already a couple of videos you can check out on my YouTube 
youtube.com slash time of transition. And you just go to the videos. I've released already two, video, uh, uh, two new videos. So check them out and make sure to subscribe there as well uh, because I'll be releasing more content on YouTube, giving more talks on there as well. On that side note, for the very reason, because again, a lot of our reach has been shadow banned uh, because of the climate we're in right now but as laura just said right now you know with all the craziness out there and in, in social media and all the trolls the attacks you know and our own projections and triggers we can actually utilize social media in light of the quote-unquote great work and actually engage shadow work to become aware more of our own shadow and utilize it in that sense kind of not to get ourselves drained or dragged into it but using it more consciously Exactly. So what we're kind of seeing lately in social media land, I mean, there's a few things. Obviously, everyone knows the polarization and division has really ramped up. So we're seeing like people just, you know, they're they're just treating each other worse on there. It's crazy. Like every time I post, especially if I use Twitter or even TikTok, you know, where anyone can comment, I, I get subjected to some really dark and miserable people, basically. Mm. So it's just like, and that sucks, you know, no one likes to deal with that. However, I have noticed through doing my own inner work, through learning how to withdraw my own projections and various other tools that I use, it doesn't affect me any, anymore. And now it's at the point where I can go and say something really, a really unpopular opinion, get a lot of eyes on it. So get like, a, it go even when they go viral, and then I can read all of these kind of troll comments and actually feel very neutral when I read them, which to me is a sign that whatever I'm doing is working because this was not me two years ago at all. Like, in fact, just to give an example, and I'm sure many people can relate to this, is like when I used to post, I used to feel like insane anxiety after, mainly because I had like one or three people in my mind that I was worried they were going to get triggered by <laughs> what I said. You know, you have these people who kind of like always hop on to your post just to disagree. Exactly. I don't know if anyone's ever thought like that, you know, but then, but, and, and, but those people have eliminated themselves from my lives, but you know, it's almost actually amplified now because our work has reached more people and I get a lot of more of these comments and I've seen that, you know, a lot of people use social media to live out their shadow, to live out their unknown dark side, basically. So all of the projections, all of the nastiness that they carry actually within their own psyche gets projected onto you. So if you don't understand shadow work and you don't understand the nature of the shadow and what it does to people when they don't acknowledge it and how it's prone to psychological projection, then you're going to be like in a swamp and think that all of that mud belongs to you. And some of it does actually, but it's really important to engage with it because what you're dealing with when you enter social media is basically like this collective shadow. And so if you don't know what you're dealing with, it will be very hard to navigate that territory. So again, it's very important to understand, you know, psychological processes and in light of shadow work, especially on social media, and you may ask, why do I need to know this? Because it helps you to stay more centered because, you know, one of these things happens in this day and age with the digitization technology, the technocracy, we've become so dependent, you know, on technology, on our computers, on our smartphones and apps and social media for communication, texting and all of that. So we're constantly in our heads 
And we, you know, we're constantly even in a, in a fight and flight sometimes response or, or freeze response, you know, depending of whatever happened on social media. And I guess Laura just shared, it just keeps lingering. It keeps in, in, you know, kind of filtering into our own private lives and it affects most people in ways they're not aware of. I can even speak for myself, you know, you know, especially with our work, Lauren, I, you know, we're dealing with a lot of, you know, sometimes personal attacks, trolls, anonymous cowards, as I call them, just really nastiness of people who just tell you things or sh share, write things or common things they would never, ever tell you in person. And that does have an effect uh, on, a, you know, mostly on an unconscious psychic level. And, you know, you can always say, obviously, well, as I, I don't care what other people think consciously, but on some level, psychically can always affect you, you know, especially when you, when it gets into your head or you become very reactive, you got to choose your battles wisely. And I can see in, you know, in my life, in my work over the years that I also had to change my approach on social media, you know, like put the mirror on myself, how actually my triggers got activated, how I was projecting onto others in, in my own ways, you know, or judging and all of that. So, I then also learned as I dove deep into my inner work to really not only apply shadow work in my everyday life, but apply shadow work on social media so you can utilize the war, the battlefield, so to speak, for your inner work. Yeah. And uh, and really like, you know, as Gurdjieff said, sometimes, you know, the best place or times to do the work is in difficult situations. Sometimes social media is a difficult place and many people are, maybe you're one of them fed up with it and want to uh, leave it and whatnot but for many people it's still a way to connect to share information because we are alone you know many people are very alone and try to connect via social media or they need it for their professional lives and whatnot so we need to have a different approach in the sense of of doing this um, uh, or utilizing uh, social media and so we need to understand shadow work in light of social media. So in the first hour, we really dive deeper, go over against the, the, the basics, the concepts of shadow work and how this applies to social media and how this can help you to become more efficient and stay more grounded and not, you know, waste energy or become drained by it. And in the second hour, we go even deeper. We look into social media interactions or shadow projections and triggers and all this loose, fast from an occult type of dimensional perspective. A lot of people can be overtaken by entities trying to attack you, how the Agent Smith syndrome works on social media, trying to derail you, distract you by tempting you, baiting you uh, into certain battles and in engagements and whatnot. So, so just for people who are new to the podcast, we do have a second hour. It's only for members. You go to Veil of Reality slash membership or just go to veilofreality.com. It's going to give you an option to sign up for the second hour. And we have almost nearly 100 hours of extra content for our second hour already because we've done that many podcasts. So it's a really valuable um, extra resource. And we actually talk in the second hour about a lot of stuff that we can't talk about on the first hour for exactly. obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so basically, the reason it is good for you to do shadow work on social media is because it will change your relationship with it. Instead of, instead of it being life draining, it will be life giving. And so that's what we want to do is we want to, the whole point of what we go into in our courses and our retreats, but mainly our courses now, especially Embodied Soul Awakening, is how you can recover your true self on the path of individuation, which is Carl Jung's map leading to the self. And shadow work is the name of the game. Withdrawing the projections is the name is the name of the game. And so the truth is, is since social media seems to be here to stay, 
I personally think it's an amazing way to meet like-minded individuals, especially people who are on the same page as you, you know, but if you want to use it, it better be used consciously because it is definitely something that's using a lot of people and draining their life force and draining the energy they could have to create. So let's go into the basics about shadow work first. So I'm going to just give you guys a primer about what it is, um, how it operates for people who are um, already familiar. Maybe you'll learn something new. And for people who are beginners, this is a really good thing for you to pay attention to. So basically, think of the shadow as a part in yourself that you don't accept. So your anger, your bitchiness, your assholeness, whatever, those are some common ones. So what happens is, is if you learn, usually as a child, that these parts are unacceptable, you usually exile them away from being part of your conscious life. So if you learn that being angry isn't acceptable, you will shut that part of yourself off. Usually in childhood or somewhere in your early development, you basically decide, oh, it's actually unacceptable for me to express certain qualities to the people around me. If I want to maintain attachment to the people around me, I have to pretend to, like, these are the qualities they like and these are the qualities they don't like. So the qualities they like, you turn into your persona and the qualities that you don't like turn into your shadow, basically. So you shun them from conscious awareness, basically. And then what happens is as time goes on, they go really unconscious, meaning we don't even realize that we have anger. We don't even realize we have a bitchy asshole, rude side or whatever. And then we no longer can see these aspects in ourselves anymore. We only experience it through our perceptions towards others. So we basically see in others the parts in ourselves that we can't see anymore. And so that's the key thing. And then we cannot differentiate between what we're experiencing in our own psyche versus what is actually happening in the external world. That's the key thing. They become merged. So if I don't, if I don't, um, you know, basically work with an anger shadow, I will experience people outside of me as being really angry, not realizing that that is part of my own psyche that I've kind of overlaid onto them. Really important to understand that usually our projections do have a corresponding hook in the other person. So if I am still projecting my anger and my ang disowned angry, angry part onto another person, it may be true that they also have an angry part. Everyone does, to be honest. But I will be focusing in on that part in themselves and then exaggerating it through the projection. So ultimately, we want to learn how to withdraw our projections, which basically means to be inward looking, to ask yourself questions. Instead of just blaming people outside of you for the way you feel, you need to understand the difference between what's happening in your own psyche, in your own mind, or whatever you want to think about. Psyche and mind are different, but in your own inner world, your thoughts, your perceptions, etc., and then what's happening in the outer world are two different things. This is a really key point because you overlay your shadow and your unhealed wounds onto the people in your lives. And then it clouds your ability to see other people in situations clearly. So it's so essential. If you want to wake up, you have to learn how to wake yourself up from this dream of shadow projection and overlaying your psyche onto the outer world and then taking that to be real. And that's actually the hardest part. Because a lot of people, 
infuse what they experience internally with the outer world, myself included. And there's good aspects of that and bad aspects of that. But you have to start being curious that what you perceive in your own mind is not, may not actually be what's really happening. And that's the first kind of red pill to swallow when doing shadow work. Yes, very well said and summarized. And again, we go way deeper into this work again in our online programs. And we had a masterclass about shadow work a couple months ago. But more and more people, again, are asking about it, how to really do it, what it's about. So also in a nutshell, your shadow is the is basically the opposite of your conscious ego, the opposite of what you're aware of. The shadow by design is unconscious. You are not aware of it. And how this plays out, kind of as Laura said, you really project your shadow onto others, right? Um, that's... That, hence, we need to become aware of the concept of projection. Also, triggers. When we get triggered in a certain way, something gets upset, that's a hint to our own uh, internal shadow. And Carl Jung also said, that reminded me just now because of what you said, that about uh, 70 to 80% what we see in another person has nothing to do with who the other person truly is, but it's our own unconscious stuff, our unconscious shadow projected, laid over the other person. And that was Carl Jung back in the 20s or 30s. You can only imagine on social media, on the internet, how projection is even more intense, maybe over 90%. What we, 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 we judge other people based on just the, you know, not seeing in them in person, just their profile pic and whatever they type on the screen. Mm. So we never truly see the other person who, who she or he or she is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you have, you have a good point. Like, so we project our own unconscious stuff onto the other person. So, Maybe I can give an example out of my own life, how this plays out. Well, let me, can I just yeah, touch on some basic caveats too? Because I know that sometimes people take this example and then they're like, oh, should I just put up with abuse, et cetera, and all this stuff. So I just want to do some like caveats okay, to shadow work. Ahead. Okay. Yeah. So number one, boundaries are necessary at times when you use shadow, when you, when you, sorry, you would use social media rather, because we live in this like world where like, oh, someone, someone from my uh, old job when I was 13 friended me and I have to stay friends with them for life. No, you don't. Like, <laughs> this is just this weird illusion we have where like, you know, we're basically keeping friends for life. If you worked with someone at a job when you were 13, you used to be able to just leave that job and never see them again, unless you made a conscious connection with them. But now we have this like illusion of like having to maintain all of these relationships across time. And I just want to say, you know, you are allowed to choose which relationships you allow in and out of your life at any point in time. That's your own personal choice. So boundaries are necessary at times. The second part is, is that you have to be really honest with yourself before you do this, meaning that you have to be willing to accept that there's not so great qualities within you that you're projecting onto the people around you and that owning these disowned qualities may actually help you recover more of your self nature. Because some people are like, why would I do this? It just makes me feel worse or whatever. It's actually part of a step on the path of individuation and recovering your true self that you stop projecting. So that's the key thing is you have to be willing to be really honest with yourself. You also have to accept that shadow work won't feel good most of the time, all of the time, actually, uh, for the most part, unless you're re retrieving the golden shadow, which is the positive qualities we project. 
you will feel maybe shame. You might feel depression. Uh, Mary von Franz said that depression after withdrawing a projected <laughs> shadow is a very common side effect. So you might feel worse at first because that energy that you were expending towards the outer world and that kind of loose you got off of like blaming the person, projecting on the other person, you're not going to be able to expend it in the same way anymore. So that's the second part. And then also, you know, I just want to say that it also takes a certain amount of self-awareness. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? To do this um, with yourself with more refinement, I guess you could say. So those are some important caveats. Yeah, it's also, like you said, it's always more tempting from the just your basic ego structure, mechanical nature, and like basic loose and dopamine hits to project onto another person, right? To blame or judge that mm -hmm. kind of like makes your own inner wound or inner trauma almost feel better. You know, there's a ties in the saying, hurt people hurt people, right? The more you wounded, unintegrated and have your own shadow aspect, the more you may unconsciously lash out your own pain onto others to make yourself feel better yeah. or trying to hurt another person through your judgments and whatnot or projections. But also, obviously, on the other side, side, uh, side of the coin, hence boundaries are important. Obviously, in social media, we're also dealing with the projections from others, <laughs> Uh, geared towards us yeah. so we need to become aware of that as well so we don't uh, get make it personal so to speak which is the hardest thing but you're right the hardest part in shadow work is truly recognizing it be wearing awareness conscious and engaging what Gurdjieff said uh, I mentioned before conscious suffering meaning not to give in to mechanically react to be aware of perceptions and kind of hold yourself back and not react mechanically Otherwise, we engage in this uh, shadow projection luge fest, which again feeds off other forces, which we'll talk about more in the second hour with all your projections and emotional luge generated. So the biggest issue with social media in general, in, in our day and age nowadays, is that we have become very, not only dependent, but addicted to our phones, to social media, to computers, to our apps. So we're constantly engaged with it very head-centering. What that means, we are disassociated. We are disconnected from our bodies. We are living most in our heads, right? We're not aware of anything else and what's going on in our heads and on the screen for all these projections. And we're connected to thousands, if not millions of people. So that has huge repercussions uh, in, on our psyche and our well-being. And again, we're not, just a, we're not aware of what's happening in our bodies. So disassociation is a huge, huge uh, issue. So we need to become more aware on the basic level, you know, take little breaks, like becoming more remembering ourselves, uh, as Gurdjieff would say, kind of like checking your body, what's what's going on, um, you know, how am I feeling, is there any tension in all of that? So, you know, really understanding that we, you know, need to take certain breaks to stay grounded, to stay in our bodies. Because if a constant in our heads, we become a disassociated, we are, we are losing ourselves. We stop, stop to remember ourselves. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's what I mean, like the somatic approach. We have to understand that the biggest issue in this day and age is disassociation, not only because of trauma, but because of the digitization of our world and this head-centric living. So we're being like almost tricked to get out of our bodies more and more and to get back in our bodies, staying grounded in our bodies. That's the key point. That's almost the foundation to also calm your nervous system. Yeah. Right? Because if you're out of body, like you got into fight and flight, you get all hooked into all kinds of thoughts, you get all kinds of assumptions and projections onto people, you overthink analysis paralysis, mm -hmm. and that's just a downward spiral from there. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, learning how to read the state of our nervous system is really key because if you are in fight or flight, which is what a lot, like a lot of people actually, when they get into fight or flight or even freeze, maybe um, they'll be reaching for their phone as a source of regulation. And I also don't want to demonize that because I do it. You know, I also look at other stuff besides social media when I reach for my phone. But you have to be really honest with yourself because if you're in fight or flight or freeze and then you go to like Telegram or like Twitter and you just find out more horrible news and people you don't like and disagree with, that's not a good time to do shadow work and self-work and actually just be aware of how your body feels and be able to read whether you're getting anxious or your heart is racing or your body is tensing up as you're using social media. Because if that goes on for too long, if you get into, if you go into social media in fight or flight, for example, it will only take a few stressful posts for you to potentially get into freeze. And then you're just going to be doing the desk scroll, like checking out, you know, just it, it doesn't go, it doesn't usually go well from there. And you won't feel good, actually. You're going to feel worse and very drained at the end of the day. Because when we talk about being drained on social media, a lot of that actually has to do with how social media is like chronically pushing the gas on our nervous system, giving us more stress, giving us more activation, and we're never taking a break from it. So we're in this state of fight or flight or freeze for however many hours a day when we use our phone, and that in itself is just draining as well. So besides all the psychic attacks, Agent Smith's um, conflicts that happen, it's also just a state of our nervous system is not meant to be in this state of stress all the time. And social media seems to be a really big cause of that. So be conscious of your body, learn how to be bored, rest and relax, you know, and just understand that like this shadow work piece that we're about to go into, you really got to be in a calm and regulated state to start to do it. You have to have that thinking, logical, rational part of your brain online and not have be in fight or flight. So that's a prerequisite. Yeah, one of the biggest, um, like you mentioned, uh, another big reason why it's important to stay in body, calm your nervous system is because the number one prerequisite for shadow work, for any self-work, is to able to observe yourself, you know, almost like objectively, like the witness within before you react. For example, understanding the difference between perception and emotion, how you perceive others. Or, you know, for example, when you're on social media and you have a bad day and you're not feeling well, how you try to make yourself feel better, maybe unconsciously by projecting onto somebody else, comparing yourself to others. Maybe you start to feel shittier because of somebody else's post, or you try to elevate and make yourself feel better by judging somebody else, these kind of projections and perceptions, just without trying to change anything, just being aware of that, you know, that's that's the big almost like, how can I say, um, you know, it goes back to the horror of the situation, how we mechanically just engage, project, and judge all the time. Yeah. And there's, you know, nothing inherently wrong with it, but we need to be aware of it. And I can also promise you that once you go deeper with that and become more aware of your own projections in light of shadow work, understand how much you project, uh, compare positive, negative projections, and all of that. You will come. Uh, we will see how everyone on social media—it's a luge fest. How people project onto each other constantly, right? And it's just uh, personality masks talking to personality mask, and there's not much essence. But again, the key point is to really be able to stay in body 
stay grounded, take care of your nervous system and observe first, you know, check yourself. For example, when you read something, ask yourself, why do I want to post uh, what I'm going to, about to post? Where is it coming from, right? Is it maybe the tendency to seek attention, to make yourself feel better, hoping for these likes and, and comments and whatnot, you know, to kind of feed off of? Or is it, you know, are you maybe trying to, you know, uh, trigger people or like get people upset or kind of shit posting. And again, there's nothing inherently wrong with it, you know, because we all have our own intentions, just being aware and being honest with yourself, as Laura just said, where it's coming from and why you do what you do. Well, the, the reason that the intention thing is important because the seed of the intention is what actually kind of plants your karmic future. Mm. So, you know, you could leave a like, so if you left a comment and you were like really almost like, like it was rude, but you weren't aware of it, that's actually a lesser crime that you're like, I know I'm being an asshole and I'm going to do it. You know, <laughs> exactly. no, there's different karmic <laughs> strengths for all of the things. So we always want to think about. Where am I coming from within myself? Am I doing good or am I doing this as an unconscious way to project my pain on it to another person, you know? Because I also see, just as a little add-on, social media is like an amazing place to generate either positive or negative karma. Like if you're on there just being an asshole to people all day, like you're living in misery most likely. And if you do good on social media, actually does feel good, you know, like if you can genuinely do it from a good place within yourself, it actually will feel much better for you to use it. So I just want to also add on to what the perception and emotion and how that kind of works. Mm -hmm. So this is a critical issue when using social media is that our communication tools are way more advanced than our ability to communicate. So that's the big problem is like we have communication issues in general in this world because we have this very almost like all the multiculturalism of the world kind of pushed together, but we don't really understand yet how to communicate to each other as well, you know? So we all have different backgrounds, different cultures, different ways we use, we learned how to use language. Some people, it's not even their first language. You know, we all have these different ways of communicating and we tend to not know how to actually communicate to another person. So we need to understand the difference between what you read on social media, like what was actually physically, what was actually literally rather said word for word, and then what you perceived in what you wrote is a really big thing. So someone can write, this happens all the time. I write something and then someone takes something out of what I written that was nothing that I said. And so that's a really important skill to develop is like, am I perceiving something that they didn't say? Because, and that's not actually to blame yourself or whatever, because your perception of what they said will actually be really good material to inquire into. Like, why did I perceive that about what they said? What's my relationship to this perception that I had in what they said, for example? And then if you want to take it further, what emotion did that bring up in you What's your relationship with that perception? I'm going to go near the, uh, in a few minutes into an exact kind of example on how you would do shadow work with it. But that's kind of the protocol is like, look at what you read, look at what you perceived and what you read, and then look at what emotion that brought up in you. And immediately, if you just do those three things, you will dissolve some of that projected energy because you'll be looking inwards already. And you will also, again, 
you will save life force. That's yes. the key point. You have yes. to understand, we talk about a lot, you know, in my work, the matrix control system, more than that, and the matrix force is there out for your life force, for your luge. So it's about a lot of esoteric, deeper spiritual work. It's about containing your energy to save your life force, to build it up, actually, right? Yeah. So why are projecting, why are uh, ex externalizing, why are complaining, judging, and getting, you know, all this emotion loose? We actually not only lose life force, but feed the matrix, so to speak. So that's that's the irony, even within the truth community, like a lot of people, they engage in so much shadow projection, actually feed the matrix forces they're trying to expose. Mm. But you made a good point. It's really important, you know, communication already so hard in person, even in our, in our personal life, we sometimes have misunderstandings. Yes. We live together, you know, completely yeah. misperceptions. Well, it's right? also really important to keep in mind, you know, I learned language from a place in Canada that you've never been to. You're from a place in Germany where they didn't even and speak English. So already you have a different way of using the English language to begin with. Exactly. For, for example, one of my, my things that's been going on my whole life, even it happens, you know, uh, in person, especially on posts, people perceive me as very angry and, you know, in the sense, because I tend to be very direct in my language. It's also my German nature. I cut to the point. I noticed in the US, you know, uh, you know, people are trying to more talk around the point sometimes. Yeah. And Germans are more direct to the point, which can perceive more intense or like they're always angry and, and just confrontational. But I'm coming actually from a calm place. I'm just being direct. I'm being to the point. Doesn't mean that I am angry or anything. It's just more perceived this way. Yeah. Right. But still, or harsh, so integrating to speak. into US society, it would be important for you to keep that in mind because that will be something that will happen again and again and again like i i get it like i mean if you read even alice miller who is a german author you know she wrote uh the drama of the gifted child she's very intense in that and i don't know is besser van der Kolk as well is he german or is he no uh, he sounds like dutch but yeah closer. anyway but he's also very direct in his book so i know what you mean by that you know um so let's can let me just talk a little bit can i just maybe do a demo on you about like how you would work with a projection okay yeah so you know what can you just in your mind's eye think of someone that triggers you on social media okay there's some you don't have to say their yeah, name out loud know, I, can, I can just think of past instances or you know or this person you know is just so narcissistic and full of themselves screw them Okay, so have you ever demonstrated this trait of narcissism presently or any time in the past? Yeah, in the sense of just wanting to get attention, basically. Yeah, I think we all have primary yeah. narcissism. Absolutely, I can. If I'm honest with myself, yes. Yeah, um, so, so has anyone ever called you a narcissist before? Yes. Okay, so what... Emo like what is that what, what's your relationship to to that word being called a narcissist like how does that well, make you feel being just very selfish and what's your relationship with the word selfish which ironically now now we're going to deeper process my mom called me a lot okay there you go okay can you see some perhaps even positive aspects of being selfish sometimes yeah self-care because i remember I got called selfish because I wasn't acting the way she wanted me or adhering to her wishes, mm -hmm. you know? So it helps you maybe have more autonomy, maybe? Or yeah, how would just, you describe that? And just to, 
stand up for my own needs. Okay, so then being selfish actually can help you stand up for your own needs at times, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so that's just a... Self-care, that's really what it comes down to, I realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the narcissism thing, which you're going to talk about in the second hour, a super common shadow on social media, there's also an aspect of primary narcissism, which is just a sense of yourself, you know, a sense of who I am, what I like, etc. So we all have that, basically. But that's just an example. You can ask yourself... So this works best with traits. If you can kind of nail it down to a particular thing that you're seeing in the person that you don't like, have you demonstrated that trait before? Has Or has anyone ever called you that before? Does this trait remind you of something from the past? That's another thing. And then also try and see if you can maybe just see, hey, maybe there's a positive aspect of that trait, you yeah. know? And immediately you're going to discharge some of that projected energy that you would have projected onto the other person because the truth is is that people have like a myriad of qualities like literally hundreds of qualities that they have within themselves accessible at any point in time and they're going to be a mixture of those qualities but we tend to pick the one thing in them the selfishness the narcissism or whatever you know and focus on that and that's kind of the element of projection is we just kind of hyper focus on this one trait and we want to see it as an opportunity, like, wow, there's an aspect within my own psyche that's making itself very known to me right now. And it's not about this other person. And it's not about the other the situation outside of me. It's literally the psychic experience that's happening within me that's asking to be integrated. So that's interesting. So that's how we can recognize when we project our own shadow onto somebody else. When we hyper-focus on one issue right Ex- almost expanded like oh this person's so narcissistic self would look at him or her you know without knowing the person at all we just see a, a fraction of this as whatever is happening on social media yeah right and completely black and white but overlay this one trait over the whole persona so, exactly right that's kind of how it works yeah and then if you zoom out a little bit you know, if you want to take it further and you want to bring it back to the person that you're projecting on, you can be like, okay, so I'm seeing narcissism. Them Is there a part of them that's narcissistic? Maybe. But what other qualities do they have? And like go through those too, you know, because we want to get this more holistic view of the person. Once we have the holistic view of the person and we see several different qualities within them, that is a sign that we're most likely less projecting because we're able to zoom out a little bit. Or keeping on this uh, topic or the example of narcissism, when you really understand deeper narcissism, a person is truly more narcissistic, can come from narcissistic wounding, uh, doesn't have to be full on narcissistic personality disorder, but no, disorder, but no matter what, it's actually coming from a place of wounding. Yes. Somebody who needs like that attention all the time and all of that, and we can just judge them for them. But yeah. maybe once you understand psychology and trauma and wounding, it's actually coming from a highly narcissistic person. It's actually deep inside, very insecure and wounded. Yeah. Right. So we can maybe see it with more compassion, not not pity, but uh, you know more having a deeper understanding and maybe approach it with more compassion, which, you know, I'm not talking about blind compassion, but, uh, you know, turning it from this angry judgment of like, oh, this person is so selfish and narcissistic, look at him or her and all these things. Like, hold on, you know, this is just, you know, first of all, why is it irritating me so much? Why why is it getting me too much? And like, that's what Carl Jung always said, you know, the person that irritates the most gives a huge hint to our own shadow, what we have disowned and don't admit to ourselves and then when we look where you know you know like you just guided me through what is my relationship to my own narcissism for example yeah exactly exactly and then 
you know, a lot of people sometimes say stuff like, why would I want to accept these qualities in myself? They're not good. They're not great. Like, I don't want to be a selfish, narcissistic person, for example. And the point of you acknowledging the unconscious part of yourself, the shadow, is not that so you become a rampant sociopathic narcissist who just is cruel <laughs> to people. It's actually the opposite. Yes. Is that stuff that's held in the unconscious, unfortunately, becomes more powerful. So if we exile our anger into the unconscious, when we get angry, we will it will turn into rage. It's like almost like this wild animal that we don't have control over, you know? So you almost want to domesticate your shadow a little bit, basically, through consciousness, through self-awareness. Because when you understand that dark, evil side of you, you actually have more conscious control over it. And it doesn't have control over you. Because in the unconscious, it controls you way more. Yes. Just as when you're unconscious, when your shadow stuff gets triggered by other people into the external world, you actually give part of your power away to that person. Because that person has the ability to shake you up just with a stupid status update or something. Like, why, you give why, them more you, power. why, are, you, why are you doing yeah. that, you know? Um, so the point of it is, and then you can kind of check yourself, like go through this exercise with people who upset you. And then the next time you see a post from them, just check how like first check how upset you get when you first get triggered by them and uh, kind of name it on a scale of one to 10 distress levels and then work through that exercise within yourself and then see if it has gone down, you know, because ideally, and this is just a very practical exercise. It will not work for anything because it's not so cut and dry sometimes, but it will work for a lot of our negative judgments that we have towards other people. Um, and then you want to just check, like, is that person still upsetting me? Because the point actually is, is you do become more neutral to stuff that you read, good and bad. So that's kind of the point. It's like someone could say amazing stuff about you. You feel pretty neutral. Someone could say the worst things about you. You feel neutral. And the things that they say about you that are really getting to you, if you want to use that to take your own power back, be like, oh, weird. Someone called me a white supremacist. Like, and that upsets you. Work on that with shadow work. Like, ask Ask yourself these kinds of questions, you know, as it's basically trying to understand your relationship to that word. If anyone called you that in the past, what does it feel like when someone calls you that? What does that remind you of? You start to go digging in the subconscious. So basically you're just referring to some other person projecting their shadow onto us. Yes. It can only have a hook if there's a part of us that believes in it. Exactly, right. exactly. So like, that's how I use it for projections coming from other people online is like, if someone calls me anything that gets to me that upsets me, and it's like a above a five, because there's little upsets, you know, like this person's just being rude that aren't my shadow material. Um, but if someone calls me something, and you'll know it really upsets you because you won't be able to stop thinking about it, your mind will keep stewing on it you might even have dreams about it etc that's the kind of sign that something's stirring in your psyche yeah. so if that's the case i will take the word that they called me or whatever it is i'm perceiving in them in that moment that's really upsetting to me and i'll do that self-inquiry in a similar way yeah you know the biggest issue i just realized i just remember what you said uh, earlier on about perception 
not only when I post something on my articles, my work, the biggest problem issue is like people really misperceive, completely distort what you said and, and make it up in their own head what they think you said. It's it's like you can summarize most of social media interaction into this into uh, case studies of strawman arguments. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's really what's happening. Yeah. And another note, I don't know if we want to go into that right now, maybe later. What I'm missing, maybe I'm old school, but there's certain gracefulness missing. You know, people just blurb out, you know, go into other people's posts, complain. You know, like you mentioned, example, some people only post when they disagree. You know, it's, it's just, just the, the, the troll comes out of the woodworks always, only when they disagree. That's a sign of you know? a projection, though, by the exactly. way. Exactly. There's something irks them. They, yeah. they don't like you. They disagree, but they can't let go of you either. They just need to stay yes. engaging and, and voicing that. Yes. And I don't understand that. I mean, to each their own. I stopped going on other people's posts years ago just to... Chat, complain or like this and that but that's because you're applying shadow work yeah too. exactly i mean like you know there's something to reflect on if you have the need to always correct other people you know <laughs> where is it coming from you know i mean i see it mostly from the peanut gallery mostly by people who never like they we see it in our work they trolls they complain this and that or you know um challenge or you know whatever and just sometimes with all the entitlement and nastiness but again never like Put out, you know, put work out yourself. You know, speak about it yourself instead of just trolling on other people's uh, posts, so to speak. Yeah, and I just want to say, you know, because there's so many projections, like you know, social media is kind of like a Libra archetype and Aquarius archetype. Mm. You know, it's kind of the combined because it's happening on the internet, but it's social. And so, you know, the Libra archetype, you know, if you're Pluto and Libra or you've strong Libra, this element of the chart or this archetypal signature in, in astrology is prone to projection. So you are actually doing a lot of good. You may not feel like it, but what learning how to withdraw your projections on social media, you are doing a lot of good for the world because if you enter into that game, you're going to see it is a projection louche fest, which we're going to talk about in the second hour because there is some really common projections that we see on social media and I'll just touch on them right now. The narcissism we're going to talk about, we're going to also talk about this addiction, dopamine kind of chasing, shadow, plagiarism, mm, which we've seen one. so much of lately, the shadow of comparison. We're going to talk about sexual energy vampirism, and we're also going to talk about Agent Smith on social media and how to deal with that. So if you want to join us for the second hour, you have to become a member of the Piercing the Veil of Reality membership. The way that you do that is going to www.veilofreality.com and then you're going to click on membership and become a member. And we really appreciate the support of everyone who's signed up. And you also have access to a forum where you can talk to other people who are interested in these topics as well, which I think is a nice bonus. All right. With that being said, we'll be back soon, shortly with the second hour. Thanks so much. <laughs> 